Hi and welcome to the Homeopathy Health Show. I'm Atik Ahmadbati, a fourth generation homeopath with over 25 years of professional experience and practice in this field of healing. The Homeopathy Health Show is the online voice of homeopathy around the world, promoting and raising awareness of this truly unique system of healing, which is suitable for all ages, young and old. Every week I invite guests from the world of homeopathy to come and share their experiences, their work, offer insights and essentially talk all things homeopathy. Why not visit www.liketreatslike.co.uk and click on the radio and podcast button to listen to the latest episodes. So let's begin today's show here on UK Health Radio, the world's number one talk health radio. Hi everybody, I do hope you're well. Well, first off, a very happy and blessed New Year to you. And indeed, I wish you actually a very happy and blessed homeopathic New Year. 2024 is going to be an amazing year for homeopathy and you can find out more from my reels. I have certainly shared my views and my hopes and my desires on my Instagram account at like underscore treats like. So that's where you can find me, which is at like underscore treats like on Instagram. Please do follow and subscribe to the podcast. I do hope you're enjoying it. Thank you to the over 50,000 listeners. Truly, truly grateful to you. And uh, please do note that the podcast is available on all the podcast platforms. All you have to do is just search for Homeopathy Health or even my name, Atik Amadbati. But generally, Homeopathy Health with Atik Amadbati works just as well. And you can also listen to this podcast and all the previous episodes on all the other social media platforms as well, including YouTube, including my website, which is www.liketreatslike.co.uk at ukhealthradio.com and, of course, on the Podbean uh, app, which is uh, podbean.com and you can search for Homeopathy Health there and I should be on the top spot. So, uh, yeah, let's get on with today's episode, which is all to do with service to humanity. And I'm delighted to welcome my guest for today's episode, which is episode 56 of the Homeopathy Health Show, and that is Rebecca Stirrup, who is the president of the New Zealand Homeopathic Society, but also volunteers at Homeopathy for Health in Africa in Tanzania. Now, Rebecca does an amazing amount of work Um, as far as Homeopathy for Health in Africa is concerned. And I'm really, really thrilled that I managed to get her on the show, on the podcast. Uh, And uh, hey, what a way to start the new year. Amazing. So let's introduce my guest for today, Rebecca Stirrup. Thank you so much. I know you've been um, pretty much quite busy across the UK, certainly with uh, commitments and uh, some very favourable times, I think. Um, uh, if I if I look at your Instagram stories, they've been very enjoyable to watch and see. Yes, I have. I've had a marvellous time. I've been here since the beginning of June, and um, I'm actually English, and I've lived in New Zealand for 36 years, but I come back very regularly. My mother lives here, and I've got loads of, of friends still, um, all my old school friends. So I've been travelling around, visiting uh, people, which has been great. And I've even been across to the continent, to France and Croatia to catch up with old friends as well. So 
Yeah, I've been having a marvelous time. You have a lot of friends because I'm I'm <laughs> I have been following your Insta stories. I must say I love them. They're really good because they're so happy. They're so happy the pictures, and uh, they're quite they're very bubbly, which oh. is, of course are great great things about you as well as an individual, of course. But um, I just think they're really really good and uh, yeah, very very inspiring. Oh, well, thank you. Yes, I do have, fr- I'm lucky to have friends all over the world, I suppose, because I am a bit of a traveler. Um, started off in England, uh, went to um, Africa, actually, when I was in my 20s, um, met my New Zealand partner. That's how I ended up in New Zealand. Oh, I see. Uh, so that was my, that was my journey. And um, yeah, I never intended to go and live there for so long. I didn't imagine that it would be, but it has, that I've been there 36 years. So but I still, as I say, come back here uh, regularly to to England. But I've been I trained in New Zealand as well when I was in my late twenties as a homeopath. So that um, you know that was the start of my homeopathic journey, if you like. Now, as far as I'm aware, I've never been to New Zealand, of course. But having had Tanya Aroha Twentyman, uh, who's off Waiheke Island on New Zealand uh, on the show, and also. Tracy Simpson, who's um, the owner of Homeopathic Farm Services and, you know, looks after dairy cows and uh, uses homeopathy. I know that it's absolutely stunning because from time to time I ask them to share pictures. So what's life actually like in New Zealand? What's it like? Well, it it is a very, um, it's pretty beautiful country. Um, It's a long, thin country. So we've got a big variety of climates. I'm in the north, which is subtropical climate in Auckland. And then further south, you know, when you go right down to the bottom, you've got uh, skiing and, and mountains. So and coast is everywhere because, as I said, it's um, a long, thin country. So, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good um, pretty good life. And obviously not as um, we're only five million people. When I arrived, there were only three million people. That was 36 years ago. And it, it always used to be the joke that there was more, many more sheep than people. But, you know, people are starting to, there's been a lot of immigration in the last uh, 20 years. That's Tracy's fault, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's Tracy's fault, yes. And, um, you know, I only live about an hour from where Tanya is, and I'm sort of halfway between Tanya and um, where Tracy is in the Waikato, which is a big farming area. So I also live rurally, but I'm only about half an hour outside of Auckland. And it is so beautiful. I mean, I have, of course, like I said, I haven't been there and we only see pictures or, or videos and, and or reels even. But uh, it really looks like a, a very a calm place, you know, a calm place to be in, uh, very different from perhaps where you are now, you know, as far as the UK is concerned. It is, although I've been visiting a lot of uh, rural areas where my friends live. And in fact, I've, I, I absolutely love love it here as well. So I think um, I balance it out between, I mean, it's winter in New Zealand, so I've done pretty well to leave because it's done nothing but rain since since um, June and July, August. But it is it is a really beautiful country. And I think people are very outdoorsy in New Zealand. And I think, you know, people love the outdoors. There's less of those big city type stuff to do. So people are very um, hooked into, you know, beach, um, playing sport, uh, all that kind of stuff. People are very much uh, cycling outdoors. Yeah. Mountain biking. The mountain biking is terrific. Yeah. So there's all sorts of that kind of stuff to do. You know, that type of environment is so good, isn't it, for the mind, body and spirit? Because even though, okay, you know, perhaps it's not like 
the UK where you are now and and or, or other places where perhaps you want to spend time but being in a relatively let's say relatively calming environment or an environment where you know there's lots of uh, you're not short of trees you know and and, and luscious growth and and the beauty <laughs> of nature yes you know that's that's got to be good for you right oh i think it really is very good for very good for the soul and i mean i'm 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 quite an outdoorsy person i love to do that kind of thing so i mean one of our regular things is i go for a bike ride once a week with one of my homeopathic colleagues and friends and we literally we ride our mountain bikes along the coast and up over the hills but we we chat non-stop about homeopathy and cases and what what's happening in new zealand so it's um it's a nice combination because i think it clears your mind and we solve a lot of problems when we're doing that yeah it's great that's actually so true what you've said there is really important about problem solving i've mm. said it to so many guests on the show and and generally when we talk that even if you go out for a walk sometimes to clear your head but you think differently don't you when you're out you know when you're um going for a walk or you're amongst sort of the amongst nature as such mm. and you're you're surrounded by nature for you know for a better word and um the mind sort of is able to relax and you're actually able to make good positive decisions and i you know personally i love that process i think it's so proactive to be able to do that you know sometimes you're fed up aren't you and you think oh my god i don't know what decision to make and where i'm going to move forward or, or whatever it is in life you know you go out for a walk or a stroll or you spend half a day in a park or whatever and you're actually quite focused afterwards and you think okay this is how i want to do it and this is why yeah you're absolutely right that's that's so true and i suppose that i i love doing that to I'm somebody who has to do some exercise every day, take the dog for a walk. And it, as you say, it clears your head, particularly if you're sitting in front of a, a computer or on Zoom quite a lot, then it's nice to have that counterbalance, I suppose. I've had that kind of day. That's why my, my mug of tea is so big. <laughs> I, I've been in front of Zoom all day and it's fried my brain cells. So if I miss a skip a question, please excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to ask you, Rebecca, that... Uh, 36 years of course in New Zealand and you trained as a homeopath in New Zealand as well qualifying in uh, 1994 was that something you wanted to do as far as homeopathy was concerned or was this just something that entered your life later on it was it was something that entered my life later on i had um i had my my daughter when um in my late 20s and she had a little bit of eczema i mean i think this is often how many of us come to homeopathy she had a little bit of eczema and I remember my brother had um bad eczema as a child and I thought oh I don't want to go down that route of of those um medicines and things what else can I do and a friend suggested homeopathy so I took my daughter to a homeopath that was my first introduction and then after that I was I was in the computer industry actually <laughs> completely different um and I sort of at, I was at a bit of a crossroads and I thought I want to change and um somebody suggested why don't you do what well, my friend the friend suggested why don't you consider homeopathy when it, it was completely out of the blue i'd never considered that before so I, i did some investigation went along to the you know eventually went along to the first lecture at the beginning of the of the year and i was completely i thought i'll just go and see <laughs> and um and listen and i was completely hooked within an hour or so and i've never looked back really i've i've you know it that was it so it was it's been fantastic but it wasn't a planned thing it was really quite spontaneous what took your fancy uh, as such as far as you know you you mentioned it, you you 
as soon as you were introduced, it was like, yes, this is what I want to do. Uh, but what was it something in particular or was it just the whole story of homeopathy and, and what it can do for you? Mm, I think it was that, but I think it's also that it's so all encompassing that it, it, it's, I mean, it's just so fascinating that it's the mind, the body, the emotions. And, you know, even within the first couple of hours, I could really get that feel of how different it was and how it, it was, it incorporated absolutely every aspect of life in our universe, I suppose, even, you know, even the remedies coming from nature or whatever. So it was that, it was that that just, yeah, really blew my mind, I suppose. You know, this, it's, you're so, so correct because. I treat, I, I get a, lo a lot of um, uh, doctors, actually, medical doctors, mm. you know, GPs and consultants who come for homeopathic treatment. And uh, when we get talking, we t I talk about homeopathy and and I always ask, of course, because you're looking at a case and you talk about mental emotions, you know, mentals and emotions. And and at first, there's always a frown. Why are you asking me something like this? But it's fascinating. I mean, just today I was speaking to somebody and um, I asked certain questions and it was, it was you know, a nap mule state. And, you know, he paused and he said, why did you ask me that? I said, well, because of this, this and this. And he said, it's so correct. Mm. But they're taken aback. People are taken aback. And because yeah. you don't, I don't think any other system really goes into so much detail as homeopathy as far as the profiling of a patient at that current state that they're in. But then to be able to go back many years, you know, sometimes to birth, even sometimes to the mother or the grandfather or the grandparents rather, it's just fascinating, isn't it? That whole journey is a journey of healing in itself, isn't it? It is, yeah. And I think that's that is that's what my patients still love, you know. Then and the, when they come to homeopathy new, they they've sort of got a little bit of an idea, but they don't really know what's going to happen in in the in the consultation. And and you can, I mean, some people are a bit um, even nervous, but most people actually really enjoy it. And, and I, you know, I just saw a, a, a new child today and they, the mum is just so thrilled that I'm actually paying attention to what is happening to her child. Um, so I think people really appreciate that and they really uh, value it. And, um, you know, that in itself is, is fantastic. You know, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said that, you know, the, the parents thanked you because, even again, just recently, I, I had somebody and I let, and the patient was quite, um, let's say, uh, a next vomica type mm. um, and very, you know, got to very driven, got to do things. They got to be done in a certain way. And I listened and listened. And at the end, something it was so humbling for them to say, oh, thank you for listening. Mm. And that was 50% of the cure, I, I promise you, because you could see the change in that patient, whereas they were very serious and very um, assertive, all of a sudden, they'd become laughing, you know, a bit more relaxed. And, and I could see that. And I thought, Oh, how nice of them to say that number one, but it wasn't anything to do with me it was, it was homeopathy, right? It was the practice, it was the process that that's followed. And it's a win win, right? It's a winner. Mm, absolutely, it is. And you know, that's, yeah, and I I enjoy that whole process still. After all these years, I still enjoy listening mm. to the story. I mean, I feel very privileged to hear all the different stories that my my patients tell me, and um, yeah, and then it helps you to guide you to to as good a remedy as you can find for that particular situation. Absolutely. Now, Rebecca, you're full of surprises. Very good 
wonderful surprises, um, which include an English literature degree. Um, <laughs> so being a homeopath, you also in between manage to do uh, a literature degree. Now, English is not, you know, the uh, the easiest of subjects. So what made you go down that route? Was that anything to do with a love of reading books or Absolutely. was it something else? <laughs> <laughs> I am a huge I'm a huge reader and I always have been right from childhood I've you know the comment was you've always got your nose in a book when I was young and I'm probably still like that now. <laughs> you are because your Instagram posts and 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 I'm following everybody by the way but I remember <laughs> some of three pictures with books in them. Yes. So. Oh yes that's my friend who's just written a book um for young adults or yeah um they're fantastic. L Love Like Your Heart's on Fire. Great title, isn't it? it is. uh, yes. It is. So I I um I took the book on holiday with me and I said, I'm going to get it, the book, me reading the book in different places just um for a bit of fun. But yes. Well, well at least I'm paying attention. You are paying attention. And so. I and I say to all my followers that I when I look at your reels as well and your posts, I do the same thing. Yeah. I just don't sleep. That's all. That's the time I get, <laughs> you know, to, to be very observant about these things. So how was that anyway, Rebecca? How was your English uh, degree and how did you manage that, actually, to be honest with everything else? <laughs> well, I loved it. I probably stepped back a little bit from homeopathy, but um, I really enjoy. I mean, as I say, I'm a big reader and I enjoy that whole um, looking. And, and I think it's sympathetic with homeopathy as well, because, you know, you're diving in deep into a uh, into a, a literary work and understanding you know, all the different um, motifs that are going through or the um, analogy and the metaphor, you know, and that is very relevant, I think, to how we work with homeopathy. Um, so I think it enhances um, the way you think. That, that to me, I mean, English literature, again, is all-encompassing. It encompasses all of human life and nature. And, yeah, I love to, to read. I read from... Um, writers from all over the world. Uh, I love finding new writers from, I've written, uh, read lots of Nigerian writers. I've just found a, a Tanzanian writer, Kenyan writer. So I read a lot of African, African writers are writing in English, um, as well as from, you know, India and all over the place. Pakistan, I've just read a novel by a Pakistan writer. So yeah, it's, again, I think it's that, it's that aspect of, and I had, I love Shakespeare. And I learned a lot about Shakespeare. I mean, I did it at school, but I hadn't done it really since. So it was really nice to come to Shakespeare as a as an adult. And of course, he's the consummate um, person with words, isn't he? Absolutely. You know, you said something very profound, which is the fact that reading um, literature changes the way you think. And I think that's that what you've that's so important if we truly reflect upon that just on its own, just what you've just said there. That's so true because it 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 makes you it, there's so many skills, isn't it, that you learn. There's there's uh, the use of language, there's a use of situations, there's a deeper understanding of things. And it doesn't matter what book it is, it's it's the fact that you're reading mm. is that probably the most important thing here anyway. But uh it really does change you and, and you start to think in in a so much more improved way. Yes. And I think that's, uh, you know, that that's a great way of sort of improving oneself as well, because once you're, it goes back to something so simple, isn't it, that there are words printed on paper and there are billions of books, aren't there, around the world. But it's amazing 
that each book you can there's never a book where you won't learn something that's absolutely true and i think the other thing is it allows you to step into somebody else's shoes you know the characters or the the culture or wherever so you really get an understanding from another person's point of view so mm. i i really enjoy that understanding about other other cultures and people now rebecca you've done something or you are continuing to do something very commendable very admirable and very humbling which is to serve with homeopathy for health in africa which was co-founded by jeremy sher as everybody knows from the dynamist school in the uk and also camilla sher who's the president of the finnish society of homeopaths camilla is coming back on the show very soon as is jeremy sher and they're going to be talking about their work at homeopathy for health in africa but rebecca you initially went in 2013 and you've been multiple times since so how did you um get introduced to that amazing incredible work that's being done in tanzania and and other places uh, further afield as far as homeopathy for health in africa is concerned well i actually saw an article that jeremy had written um in a i can't remember which publication it was and i i we were just um got our youngest child through school and off to university and this was our chance to go and do some stuff again do some traveling again so i um i applied and spoke to camilla and said we're happy to come and we both my husband and i we've been to we have some experience of of africa so um southern and east so it kind of there was some synergy there so she said come so i went in in for three we went well, my husband came as well we went for 3 months initially and um as soon as we got there we bought a car <laughs> so that we could get around and we wanted to do some safaris with the idea of selling it we kind of realized within a month that this just wasn't going to be a once in a lifetime trip it was going to be we were going to have to come back because mm. just um really i really enjoyed the work my, we, we enjoyed doing some safaris meeting all the local people um and that's when i and it was it's it was interesting because when i got there there was this link with my english literature degree because um when jeremy saw my cv he said she's got an english literature degree let's get her because mm-hmm. he was just in the process of rewriting well he was writing obviously new, numerous books but he needed some help with um editing so that's how i he gave me a tester to to do the intro, in a, a sort of a second introduction for his um book to uh, syphilis and then i went on to edit um other books of his as well neon and argon and what have you so um it was kind of a nice um joining of my english and my um writing and reading at, alongside the homeopathy yeah so it all worked out really well and i was just again i was just hooked instantly and yes made lots of friends there and that kind of thing that's a, that's a wonderful uh, introduction isn't it and uh, to, you know it uh, it's nice that you had something there that was immediately applicable as mm. far as you know that the the english literature degree yeah. and um so what was it like then what was your when you first went there what uh, what did you experience you know what was it like going there first time and and seeing everything in action as such as such yeah well we pretty much it was it was i mean obviously i'd had some experiences as a homeopath um 
already, but it's very different when you're plunged into those outreach clinics and you've got a queue of people waiting outside your outside the little room that you might be sitting in or the veranda or somebody's compound on a little stool. And mm. um, there's no kind of, okay, I can take a, an hour and a half case and go away and think about it and bring tries and then come back with a an answer in two days time or even tomorrow. Um, you have to sit you sit with the patient for as long as it takes until you think you know which remedy you want to prescribe. So sometimes that's 20 minutes. Sometimes it's half an hour if you're dragging your feet a little bit, or it, sometimes you can see in 10 minutes, you know, that it's, you need mercurius or whatever. So that was a completely sort of different experience. Um, and the other thing I really enjoyed was working collaboratively with in a, in a group of homeopaths so that we would, you know, often we'd have a translator, maybe two homeopaths. We'd have a trainee homeopath who was making remedies. Um, so there's a whole team thing. So yes, you're focused on the case in front of you, um, repertorizing, working through a translator, which does give you a little bit more time to do all of those things because, you know, they've got that little bit of a delay. But then afterwards going, you know, going back from the clinics, we'd be talking you know, about cases and, you know, reviewing what we decided and, you know, thinking about it, discussing new remedies or or the, the pathology that we've been seeing. So absolutely fascinating. Yeah, loved it. It, it can be quite daunting. Uh, I know because I've seen my late uncle who was from Parklands in Nairobi. Uh, my, my siblings oh, yeah. are from East Africa. Yes. So, uh, and I And I remember going there and, of course, he was a, <clears throat> a homeopath and uh, it's it's amazing to see that and to have experienced it as well and it's it's so busy and people are coming really quickly and and they don't want to wait like you've correctly said you know they want to remedy because for, for various reasons one is they're suffering and perhaps they can't actually make that journey again even even down to that, that you know that's exactly it they, they're there for that day they can't they might have traveled you know they might have walked five five kilometers to get to you or or even further so you've got to actually get the remedy there and decide on the spot and I think the other thing was which was interesting is the way um, HHA homeopathy for health in Africa dispenses remedies so generally we give out 12c potency mm. in a in a bottle that's kind of designed to last a month um, and they just take a capful a quarter capful a day and that's very different from, say, maybe giving one dose of a 200 or whatever. So in general, we don't give the, the high potencies. And that was really decided because um, a lot of the patients were AIDS patients and quite weak. So you don't want to, you know, little and often was a really good way of doing it. And also it kept people connected with the fact that they were taking a homeopathic remedy. And that's so important as well, isn't it? Because we live yeah. in this... Um... We live in times where perhaps medicines, generally medicines, let's say, have to be taken three times a day or even uh, once a day, but it's stuck every day. And then here we are on one side also saying, well, you know, you need to take a single dose and come back in three weeks or something or a yeah. month. And people just give you that look, don't they? What? And the, tab <laughs> the, the globules are so small anyway, or the tablets or yes. whatever form factor it is, you know. But uh, that's uh, that's good. And it's a very physical potency anyway. So. It is a very physical potency and they're all taught to succuss it in between, you know, to mm. give it a good shake every day before they take it. So it's just getting a little bit of um, energy. And I think it, it does connect people with that fact that they're taking some, you know, taking a homeopathic uh, 
remedy. Now, you've done a lot of teaching as well um, in Kenya in 2013, mm-hmm. Malawi in 2014, and also ongoing. We've got a group of um, 30, about 13, 12 or 13 people who um, started le- learning homeopathy um, maybe maybe seven or eight years ago now. So they're actually getting, they're very good at, at prescribing. What happens is that, that we go to the Maasai, we were running, uh, HHA runs um, a clinic maybe every couple of months. It's very remote. You know, it's a big drive in d- dust and land cruisers and hard to get there. There's hardly any kind of healthcare there. So they're really pleased to see us. And then, but then we're not there for two months, you know, and so it's hard for people to um, get connected. And there's some villages we can't get to. So we started a small group, um, just training them on um, 12 basic remedies initially, um, and then gave them a little remedy kit. So they started, we had like a week's course and we did, uh, it's really fun. I mean, I did a lot as I sort of learned how to to teach uh, in Malawi, uh, well, the way we teach it, because again, I'm teaching in a foreign language, and I sort of forget that I'm not actually talking directly to them, (laughs) uh, because it goes through a translator. So we Mm -hmm. use a lot of um, role play. And um, it works really well, you know, one person will be the patient, somebody else will be the homeopath. And then the person you give them a little scenario, okay, somebody comes in with a sore throat, and they're drinking cold water, or whatever it is, um, or they limp in with an injury, and then it's just such a great way to teach people um, in a kind of a barefoot homeopathy way, if you like, or a grassroots level. Um, and those people then, you know, every every time we do regular updates and we've, we've expanded that, you know, they're now up to at least 50, 60, 70 remedies that they know really well. They can treat a whole range of issues uh, without having to wait for us to come. And they, they might phone our headquarters every so often for a bit of a advice or to run through a case but in fact they can do and it means that we're, we're spreading the word so much wider about homeopathy and reaching more people than we could otherwise it's so important you know this role play i find that fascinating because uh, visuals last a lot longer and yeah. you know because this is so visual and it's so interactive yes. that uh, you know that they're so easily able to then uh, uh, repeat replicate that and and yes. you know show others and education from an education point of view i think that's amazing you know that's actually really spot on way of doing things isn't it I mean, yeah it was really it's it's really and it's fun too you know we had a lot, hmm. of, a lot of laughs and as i said even they speak a little bit of english and i speak a little bit of swahili um i don't speak any maasai <laughs> so hmm. um, but somehow you can communicate through your body language and enthusiasm and you know, they've become friends, which is really nice. So those people, I know them well. Oh, amazing. I think I only know Mimi, Mimi Nataka Kulu in uh, Swahili. You know? <laughs> oh, well, you might know Habari and Missouri. And, yeah. and funnily yeah. enough, my Swahili is, I know all the parts of the body. Um, I know what vertigo is, because Zungu Zungu is vertigo. I know what dreams are, Ndoto. I know what stomach is. I know what kafur and Brilliant. cough hold. But I don't know. I can't speak Swahili, but I've listened to it so much when I'm hearing from patients that, um, yeah, I know what they're talking about, even though, because I know <laughs> I know enough words. I know what hot and cold is and they're Buridi or they're um, whatever. So it's funny. My mother was very fluent in Swahili. Oh, right. And uh, But I, I wish I'd learned off her now, but I was too young. So, yes. you know, now is probably the age I'd probably actually want to learn anyway. But 
Uh, you know, you as far as the training is concerned, and so do you have, does HHA equip the remedies, of course, to, to them so that they can carry on these clinics? And Yes, we do. So, um, I mean, Helios have been amazing. We started with a little 36 Helios kit, you know, that the 36 remedy kit. Mm. Um, well, we did 12 first and then we extended. That was our goal is to, to cover all of those remedies, those basic remedies. And then as we as we teach new remedies, we give them all um, we give them all those new remedies as well. So they've got quite decent kits there. And then we're there every um, six weeks or eight weeks Um so as long as the if it's not the rainy season, um, so we can top up any remedies as needed, which is great. But that's yeah, that's absolutely necessary. I also got them Fartax repertory, and um, and I forgot that they don't speak English or read English. I don't know how I forgot that, but it, <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> mm, how did that go down then <laughs> well they've still got them and of course they've started like me they're starting to know the the word for tumbo is stomach for example so they can do a little bit of translation now but yes that was a big mistake there's no swahili repertory unfortunately because they would have really benefited from that it's it's uh you know as you were saying that and and we're talking about this and but it's almost homeopathy is really comes into its prime and element with situations that you've just explained and the work that HHA are doing and, and the fact that you're going to, you know, Malawi or the Masai tribal lands or, and teaching and because you're empowering those who actually don't have any facility for medicine or medical care. And they're at least they're able to look after themselves as best as they can. Um, but also it removes that you know, that anxiety that goes with being unwell. Yes. At least they're aware that, okay, well, this is what I was, and this is what I need to do, and this is what I need to take, and this is the frequency or the dosage and potency, what, what, what not. And and that's so, so important for them and for their children and for the generations that follow. It is. It's very, very, very important. And I, and I saw that particularly in Malawi and um, where people would walk in with a sick child. That was one of the reasons that they were teaching homeopathic assistants out in, in the villages that might be 30 miles away or 30 kilometers away. Mm. And um, people would come in carrying a sick child. But it's almost by the time they've carried them, that far, there's no transport at all. I mean, in Tanzania, there is a little bit more transport available. But a child can die of malaria if they have to wait. You know, they have they wait a little bit too long because it's so far, and then they've got to carry them uh, walking. And um, you know, that's it was really humbling to see. So that's where having people out in their um, villages that can do some first line of support is really really brilliant. It's amazing, isn't it, that when when you know as we <clears throat> as we take that example that. If our child is sick, um, generally, let's say, not from a homeopathic perspective, generally, I'm saying, yes. is a panic, isn't it? That, oh, something's wrong and it's a fever and it's 101 and blah, blah, blah. And what goes with that? And yet these people are so strong-willed and very calm at the same time that they will carry their child for as long as it takes. And, and you know, it's literally... It's very emotional even saying it, but it's backbreaking to walk miles yeah. with, yeah. you know, 10, 15 kilo, literally, or yeah. even more. Yeah. Um and to and they and they're so they're so persistent and they're so committed, but they'll never complain. Mm. Those who, who perhaps are suffering, you know? 
and and that's a testament isn't it to to them i suppose you know we we should just their humility i think is the first thing here and the fact that they don't give up they will do whatever they can and yeah. then of course you know whatever prevails is is good or bad god forbid but whatever prevails they also deal with that but it's very i don't know it's very difficult to put into words but i think you understand where i'm going with this you know uh, yeah. it's emotionally for for me just to talk about it and and uh, having seen it as well actually well they want it's, the it's a lot isn't it they want the best for their children despite poverty and a lack of resources you know and those lack of resources that is a huge problem in tanzania um mm. but yeah people still want the best for their their children um and so something like homeopathy which is um affordable you know you have to have money uh, in tanzania to access any kind of um health care so you know homeopathy for health in africa as a charity is actually offering um a service to people that they otherwise wouldn't have access to i think it's amazing what uh, camilla and jeremy have done and of course people like yourself who will travel all the way from new zealand and uh, you know essentially just just go there and serve humanity because that's what it is serving humanity and and uh, you know what you're doing is is extremely important never forget that never forget that it, it is what you're doing is you are literally saving lives and there can be nothing better than that no it's it is it's fantastic and i think i mean the other the other side of it of course because when you when you give you also receive but we also get the opportunity to i get the opportunity to learn and treat things that i would never be able to do in if i was in new zealand treating mm. patients so my knowledge is increasing and i think it helps keep homeopathy flourishing as well because some of that knowledge if you don't use it um you know if you don't see i never see epilepsy for example in new zealand um because everybody is medicated but in tanzania we you know you'll often see um epilepsy and seizures so mm. you you get to know all those remedies really well that are um for that whereas otherwise i would never use them so it's it's also i'm also benefiting do you know what i mean and and mm. i think homeopathy is benefiting too we're keeping that knowledge moving forward absolutely i was going to ask you now with everything that you're doing and that's a lot you're also the president for the new zealand society or, or for the new zealand homeopathic society yes how did that come about well um that was in sort of 2019 and they needed some help you know where um it the homeopathic society is um is a public facing organization so the goal is to promote homeopathy to the general public of New Zealand that's the goal of the society we also run a bookshop um uh, which is all run by vol- volunteers um and we sell you know a reasonable amount of books every year we actually surprising <laughs> number of books and um and of course they were struggling for volunteers so i sort of put my hat they asked at our annual conference and i sort of said well what is it you need help with and put my hand up and i actually we went along to the agm and i was actually elected onto the committee but then the lady who was elected um president decided she didn't want to do it and so suddenly it was catapulted on me would i do it <laughs> so that's how it it wasn't As fate would have it again it was a spontaneous thing it wasn't like a planned thing um so yeah we've we've done a lot of sort of reorganization over the last 3 years to sort of streamline things and we did it in the nick of time really with covid because our bookshop was 
it was based in Auckland and it relied on a volunteer going in every week to, to you know, the orders would come in and then somebody would have to go in and actually physically post them. So mm. what we've done is move our bookshop to um, a fabulous organisation called Natra Farm, which is a homeopathic pharmacy in, in New Zealand. And they had some spare space and they offered to take our bookshop and post our books out for us because they're posting remedies every day. And that has been amazing. So that has helped us to streamline uh, what we've been doing. And yeah, we've just made a number of other changes as well. And now we've got a, a, a bit more money coming in. We're actually helping or or funding homeopaths to teach homeopathy in their community. That's our big motivating thing. We, we, we need this sort of grassroots thing to take off. So getting homeopaths to teach in their local communities, and we will help fund them so that they're not just doing it on their own, and we can provide material and stuff. So that's, I mean, obviously, we got a little bit delayed with lockdowns and stuff like that. But Mm. it's really taken off in the last year. Yeah, and our next phase, we've actually gone another phase again, alongside the uh, the college, which is our teaching college, and the council, which is our professional body, we're all forming a new organisation called Homeopathy New Zealand, so that we've got a three in one, if you like, we've got under the umbrella of homeopathy New Zealand. So to the public, it anybody who wants a question about homeopathy, they come to that one organisation. We all run our individual organisations underneath it, but it's sort of strength in unity, and so that we can actually make some inroads into informing people because it's very hard to to inform people about a relatively it's not an easy subject to explain. Mm. And then the other thing we're doing is some charitable clinics. And obviously this is based on my work in Tanzania so that we can have a network of of charitable clinics across New Zealand because not everybody can afford to pay a private fee. Mm. Well, most people can't. And there's certainly plenty of poverty or people who cannot, cannot afford to pay to go and see a homeopath. So, yeah, we've already got two clinics semi up and running. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. That uh, sounds really good. And I think that's uh, such a great idea as well with uh, Homeopathy New Zealand. And uh, it actually will, will uh, like you said, there's strength in numbers as well. But I, I think collectively, yes. you'll get so much more done now because, you know, yeah. you're comprised, it's an umbrella, isn't it? And, yes. and of course, I'm sure that's going to grow now over the next few years. Yes. Well, we had a retreat recently with um, um, about 20 homeopaths. Um, and between us, I don't know, we worked out that we had sort of, 400 and something hours of uh, years, sorry, 400 and something years of experience between us all. So lots of very experienced homeopaths. And I think that collective energy, you know, can revitalize, you know, some of the situations we've had in the last three years where we've had long lockdowns and people been working in in isolation and had to go onto Zoom rather than Mm. working in clinics because, you know, everything had to change. So I think this reconnecting is really, really valuable. It sounds uh, amazing. I was going to ask you how homeopathy is perceived in New Zealand. Uh, I've spoken to, of course, we mentioned Tanya and, and Tracy, and uh, mm. but what's your what's your take on it? Is it uh, is it a uh, is it healthy or is it growing? Is it uh, what what's the status? I think it's been through difficult times in the last ten fifteen years, but I think there is a resurgence, and people are turning to more natural approaches and so 
I think we're re- in a rebuilding phase. And I mean, it's interesting. I have um, I live in South Auckland and we have a lot of people who've come from India, Pakistan, and they are I have lots of patients from those people who've come and they already know about homeopathy. Mm. So that's fantastic. So they are also helping to um to and also South Africans. There's a lot of South Africans in New Zealand and they they are, you know, they're used to homeopathy. So I think when people come from other countries, patients that I'm talking about, then that helps stimulate the growth of it. But it is definitely growing again in the last two years, I'd say. I hope we're poised with our new organisation that we can help to to grow. We we do need new homeopaths, of course. Um, We need more people training, that's for sure, in the colleges. I'm I'm sure it's going to happen. And uh, I I think, like I said, uh, with this umbrella organization now, I think it's going to, it's going to do so much better. And uh, again, strength in numbers and collectively, there's just different ideas, isn't it? And then you can actually move forward and because you're doing it collectively, there's a, there's a big blessing in that anyway, isn't there? There is, there really is. And it's, it's, again, it's that collaborative work. It's, it's more fun. It's energizing and um, stimulating than just working on your own. Rebecca, it's been an absolute delight. I, I've really loved uh, your uh, Instagram posts. and uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> <sorry>. no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, I was supposed to end the show there, but uh, <laughs> that was my closing statement. But I really enjoyed uh, talking to you, and there's so much more. It's been a sheer delight having you on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for allowing me to be on here. That's fantastic. I can't wait to share this with everybody. It's going to be epic. (laughs) Thank you. I do hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of the Homeopathy Health Show. Please do support the show by clicking follow on my socials. Remember, the more exposure the podcast receives, the better for homeopathy around the world. You can find me on Instagram by searching for at like underscore treats like and on both Facebook and TikTok by searching for at like treats like so let's promote the voice of homeopathy on radio and podcast around the world together don't forget to visit me online at www.liketreatslike.co.uk and click on the radio and podcast tab here you'll be able to see all the guests that have joined me on the show so far and of course you can stream on demand the latest episode to your mobile tablet or pc Until next time, stay safe and take care.